0: So we're still in the first month of the new year and everyone's always trying to constantly improve in whatever way. And I just want to talk about three books. These haven't changed in, I think, at least probably eight years of what I recommend to individuals who are looking to be more productive, uh, improve their work output. And I want to first start by talking about kind of my overall philosophy of how I do anything. And mainly if we're talking about the workplace, what. I try to explain to whoever I work for in terms of how I measure my value. I'm always looking for ways to improve the output in terms of minute per time work because there's only one thing that we have a finite amount of, and that is time. And I I, kind of learned this when I was working in a law firm because you are really dependent. Like your whole livelihood is dependent on billable hours and doing not just quantitative work, but also qualitative, like very high quality work in short amount of times. And we're talking even like statutory deadlines when it comes to what I was doing, which was patent law. And you're really dependent on getting filings in. So it is detrimental not to be efficient for any number of clients that you have. And the more you can improve your work output and still keep up that level of quality the more money you can make. This is a never ending cycle of constantly trying to improve. However, you gotta make sure that you understand the balance. So I, I just wanna talk about kind of a bunch of resources beyond just experience that I've relied upon that have really helped out. And these are the three books. I've purchased each of these three books for a number of people over the years when people get promoted or they enter the workforce. And now I just wanna share it for everybody. Also, one other thing, and I kind of want to go on this another episode of the podcast. When you're trying to establish your value, trying to improve, trying to get that raise, I always think of myself as kind of like a corporate entity. When someone or some company is trying to purchase and make an acquisition, they're measuring, and you see this a lot on Shark Tank, the Expected value of something. So whatever that cash flow is, that investment is, and getting a three to five X multiple is kind of I look at it. So if you can improve your work output and have some sort of logical equation showing that the work you're doing is giving that sort of five X output, then you can make better arguments for getting uh that raise, improving your overall income. And that's just the success I've seen. Again, there's a balance to it. I don't work in law firms anymore because it's just a rat race, constantly chasing money. And you got to work on that work life, work life balance too, because I got other hobbies just like this channel. So let's talk about these books. I've got three books here and we're gonna talk about them in this order. Uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear. There's like 10 million copies sold of this book and number, it says 3 million, but I think it's 10 million now. Uh, And it just, it's a fantastic book, good place, great place to start. And then we're going to talk about The 4-Hour week by Tim Ferriss. Fantastic, amazing book. And then Rework by Jason Fried and David Heinemeyer Hansen. So let's get into it. Atomic Habits. This is where you want to start with just about any sort of improvement, I think, whether it's financial, whether it's professional, personal, health-related. This is where it starts. And I will say... Through some sort of rough trial and error over the years, I've come up with my own kind of methodology, but it wasn't really formulated. What James Clear did with the atomic habits is formulate. The success that you can have and it really boils down to there's four laws and I just got my notes right here. Uh, First law, make it obvious. Focus on the importance of making your desired habit visible and easy to do. You got the second law, you got to make it attractive. Emphasize the role of motivation in the habit formation. Clear suggest using techniques like temptation building where you pair a desired habit with some sort of pleasurable activity. And then make it easy. Focus on reducing the friction associated with your desired habits. Clear suggests using techniques like the two-minute rule where you start with a small version of the habit and then you build upon there. And then the fourth law, make it satisfying. Clear emphasizes the importance of making your habits enjoyable and rewarding. I think when you can understand the why, the why of why you're doing any sort of habit and you can really equate it to the benefit that you want to receive, that's where success really comes into play. Now, there's a bunch of other things in here of experience over time and enveloping that experience into analyzing your habits and improving upon them and making your own personal formula with what James Clear has laid out. But that that's that's what I always suggest to people. Forcing yourself into habits that you just don't understand the reason why. Say, I tell you that, you know, the way I've been healthy is to eat broccoli seven times a week. I personally don't like broccoli. So if someone told me that and I try to force myself and I really understand, okay, what is it about this cruciferous vegetable that I'm supposed to ingest every single day and this is going to be the overall improvement of my health? If I don't understand that fundamental concept of the why behind it, I can't adapt it to my own personal habits and my own self-improvement. Now, if I understand, okay, these are the vitamins you get out of it. Uh, when you eat some sort of low calorie vegetable, it makes you more feel more so satiated at lower calories. So I can reach a deficit much better. And these are the vitamins I'm getting from it. So maybe I don't like broccoli, but if I adapt it to something like, you know, I like peas, for example, then that's going to be a lot easier for me to adapt into my own personal uh, habits. So That's like the big thing to understand. And then just doing it incrementally. People get into these terrible bad habits again, like like weight gain, for example. And they've spent years and years and years of putting this weight on. And then they expect that they're going to take it off within three months. It, It doesn't make a lot a lot of sense. You just just baby steps, baby steps. I don't know if anybody's ever seen the movie What About Bob? But that was like a thing I always have in my head is just baby steps. That's how you get over something. The character in it, I believe he's agoraphobic. It's been a number of years since I watched it. But just to get outside, it's like just take baby steps. Take one step, two step. Before you know it, you're miles from your own house. And that's exactly what happens with uh, Bill Murray's character Bob in that. So Atomic Habits, fantastic book. Next, we have... Rework and I, you know, for example, Atomic Habits, 10 million copies sold. I'm not the only one recommending this book. A lot of people are finding benefit of it. You can see the reviews on Amazon, they're insane. And then there's Rework, which I would not say is, you know, a New York Times bestseller, but it's probably been out of the zeitgeist for a number of years. But I still rely upon this. I'll even reach back and open it every now and then. Um, this copy actually doesn't have a lot of the dog ear pages because I actually gave away uh, that copy. But I like to rely upon those who have been there, done that, just to give you a little insight of where I even got the idea. And it's right here. Mark Cuban, big fan. Everyone knows him. Shark Tank, billionaire, owner of the Dallas Mavericks. And his quote, if given a choice between investing in someone who has read Rework or has an MBA, I'm investing in Rework every time a must read for every entrepreneur very powerful. I've heard a number of people recommend rework and it's small. This is going to be the smallest recommended book out of it. And even a lot of the pages, like if you're listening, they're just completely covered. So not every page even has a lot of wording to consume on it. And it's just an overall very small form factor book. And I got the, the first time I read it, I got through it in I think just a little over a day, I just sat here and just was really in the mood to read it um, at the time. And it comes down to a few principles. Embrace simplicity. Don't overcomplicate things. Businesses like to overcomplicate things. You just got to boil it down to what the the MVP of something is, the common denominator of something, and just really attack that. Work smarter, not harder. That's something that I've grown up. I think the, the more growing up in a military family, I've been exposed to more harsher, I would say, military terms. I don't think it's affected me at all. But Kiss, for example, keep it simple in the military. The, the people would say stupid, keep it simple, stupid, kind of just like a reiteration, like just keep it simple, you know? Um, so work smarter, not harder. Uh, just cha- challenging this book, just challenging the idea that you have to work long hours. Well, y- you don't like if you if you've got a problem and you got a solution and it is the right solution and it takes no time at all that's what you got to look for work smarter not harder work shorter not longer um, don't be afraid to say no don't take on every bit of work that is needed kind of analyze it understand everything i say is understanding the why behind it so if someone tasks you with something or you are analyzing whether or not you should take on a task or do a task and you're taking it upon yourself to create the task, understand the why behind it. It's got to equate to something. Is there another task you should be doing in its place? And then just being like, no, I I can't take that on at the moment. Uh, Embrace constraints. So like in the workplace, funding, time, I mean, anything that we are given that really restricts us of how we do things is it should be seen as more of like a, a challenge than an obstacle, something to overcome, and then not being afraid to make mistakes, test things, experiment, find better ways to do things. Uh, there's another book kind of associated with that principle called Think Different by Adam Grant, and it's just kind of think outside the box and trying new things, build a better mousetrap. You know, if, if you just keep day-to-day grinding, doing the same thing over and over again, but you could have possibly saved, you know, Half the time that you spent doing something, but you didn't take the time to or risk to really attack the problem, understand it, the why behind it again and make changes. You're just going to be running in the mud, you know, just not getting so much anywhere. And uh, that really hurts that whole idea that I have of improving my output per minute over time and just constantly reiterating and reassessing the process. So that's rework. This will be the thinnest, the book. And I think this might've been the first book when I was entering kind of the professional world of like where actually when I was getting more higher promoted and I was accelerating my career at a faster pace was recommended to me. And I I just love it and I still recommend it. Actually, if you look behind me and you're uh, watching, I have a bookshelf behind me. I read a number of books. I have a number of books elsewhere in my house but the books behind me in this shelf, the second shelf that I'm pointing to are the books that I think if you are a breathing person, you should read and we can go into what books are actually on that shelf actually up here. These are my favorite fiction books. Those are the ones by Jack Carr. So Starting with the Terminalist, if you haven't Had time to read the book, watch the Chris Pratt show on Amazon. Now we get the last one. Big fan of Tim Ferriss. Watch Tim Ferriss podcast. Listen to the Tim Ferriss podcast. Whatever you, however you want to consume your medium. It's so good. He's another person constantly improving, assessing, listening to understand how how people do things. This book was created in lieu of him pursuing. An MBA. He was taking the money that what he would have otherwise given to some sort of higher education institution and focused his time analyzing high performers, interviewing high performers, and just putting it into this book, The Four-Hour Work Week. Now, the name of the book is a little bit of a misnomer. It's just very catchy. I find it interesting that when he was writing the book and assessing it and trying to figure out how he can sell the book different covers, different titles, and one that caught on is the four-hour work week with the idea, you know, pie in the sky kind of thing that you become so efficient and you've created such a great business model. You only have to work four hours a week and you can make the same amount of income. Not ideally true. That guy grinds, which is ironic that he would write this book because he's constantly coming out with new material, new podcasts. There's no way that guy's only working four hours a week, but one thing is, is he is enjoying himself. So big thing I always take away from this book, batching the idea of focusing on a certain subject for a certain period of time and really just getting enveloped in the work and not wasting time. People waste a lot of times. There's kind of the Pareto idea that you really do most of your work in 20% of the time and the other 80% you kind of just mess around. That's also kind of the idea that people have relied upon, I believe, that have gone to more like summer hours for four day work weeks, because when you truncate the amount of time people are at work, they really focus on it more rather than, you know, the water cooler talk, the BSing around and all that stuff. So if you can kind of just replace that and that's what I focus on, I'm someone like if, if I'm wasting too much time and I think this came from again, like the law firm, Mentality where clients are paying me by the hour and I'm billing them by hours that I don't want to feel like I'm stealing from them by getting on and wasting time on Instagram reels. At the time when I was in the law firm, there was no such thing as reels. I actually think Vine was still around at that time, if I'm not mistaken. I don't want to feel like I'm taking money from whatever company or whoever is paying for my services. So I really zero down and just focus. Um, Pull out my notes here. Make sure I don't miss anything important. Uh, Yeah, I talked about that. Oh, automating your work. Figuring out ways to improve your output by figuring out what things can be automated. And I think there's another way to look at it too. So in my role, when I'm having multiple touch points among different clients or customers, whatever you want to call them, I try to think about what I'm doing and how I can have an exponential effect across multiple clients by really making the work and automating whatever I can to replicate the efforts. So that may be and look like more time focused at one time. So, say that the initial ask of a task is usually takes an hour. Maybe I take an hour and 30 minutes, but over time I'm going to be a net positive on my return on my time because I, that extra 30 minutes that I took, I really zeroed in and figure out what I could automate within the process, whether it's an Excel spreadsheet or even now with me being at the university of Texas in an AI program and just figuring how I can program things that I do day to day to automate and, Yeah, a lot of upfront capital in terms of time capital. But over time, I'm going to get a lot of return. And there's also the delegation of tasks, finding people that can do those different tasks to really save you time. And sometimes if you're someone that has a company, you may actually have less money for you to take home. But again, you have more time. So that's the balance you want. How much is your time worth? Um, But this book also goes into taking many retirements, refreshing, being re-energized about the job that you're doing. Uh, That's not something I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at resting, taking vacations. I always have to burn a bunch of days at the end of the year. And then I spend that time focus on what I'm kind of content I'm going to make or reading another book or learning a new skill. I got to get better at that personally. Uh, Oh, even actually on here, this whole new ball game, highly recommend from the Wharton school. One of the top business schools in the country. So there you go. Plenty of books. Plenty more books to recommend. The um, not necessarily the essential. I would say uh, again the the order I would read them would be Atomic Habits first, Four Hour Work Week, and then Rework. If you're looking in terms of finishing books, then it would be Rework, Atomic Habits, Four Hour Work Week last. But don't just read these for the sake of Saying you read a book. That's something I just never understand. And that goes through the different concepts that I learned in these books. It's not so much completing it, just to complete it. Just, oh, the why. I don't know how many times I got to reiterate that with people. Understand the why of the concepts that are being talked about in each of these books, because there's going to be commonalities of why each of these authors have compiled and formulated the way they improve their productivity. And when you understand that, you can start adapting it again to your own because just applying concepts of these to your life just doesn't work. Everyone's got different factors, different mindsets, different philosophies. You just got to figure out what little nuggets can be pulled in and added to kind of like your own personal blockchain of your skill sets, I guess. You can kind of think of that. I always think about tools in the tool belt and each of these will give you new tools. Some of them you'll toss away. Some of them, like some people just aren't good at batching or find batching very useful. I personally like it and I've adapted to mine. So just understand that when you're reading. And if you pick up the book, maybe one day you want to read two pages. That's fine. Maybe you want to read 10 pages. Don't be one of those people's like, I'm gonna read 10 pages a day. I'm gonna force myself because that's That's not when these concepts really grasp. you got to really be into it. So again, if you pick up these three books and you're not into one at the time, pick up the next one. Try that one. Um, That's just my biggest recommendation. And that's probably what I've learned from these books as well. So those are the three books. Highly recommend them and hope you enjoy. Let me know what other books you think are just essential to know and have helped you in your career.